You're listening to a Pave Media show. Visit pavemedia.net for more podcasts and video entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Feel Better show, brought to you by Ice Cream. Um, 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 da, 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 dum. It's the Feel Better show. Feel better with the Feel Better Show. Excuse me. What? When's your birthday? 22nd of February. What year? Every year. Get out. Hey. When's your birthday? Uh, 8th of May, 1969. You're 37. Yeah. Get out. When's your birthday? Uh Out. Is there a problem, officer? Yes, there is, Mr. Porter. It would appear a number of your patrons are underage. Well, you would have made me a month or two south of proper, but if they're in here, it stops them getting into trouble out there. You know, the way we see it, it's all for the greater good. The greater good. Ladies and gentlemen, I am, of course, your host with the most Phil Better, and you are listening to the Phil Better Show. Today I have today I have Kieran on the show today, and we're going to be talking about one of the greatest trilogies in movie history. So before I announce what it is, I'm going to let Kieran just give a quick introduction. Sir, the floor is yours. Well, my name's Kieran. Um, I run a little blog called Beard Talks Films on WordPress. I just chat about films, TV, all sorts of stuff. I love the Edgar Wright movies. So that's where we're going to be jumping in. (laughs) Um, That little sizzle, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about the most famous trilogy, like I said, the Cornetto trilogy, which consists of three vastly different films but so so good we have shot oh. the dead hot fuzz and the world's end so you 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 reached out to me after i placed uh, a little thing in one of our one of the um wow losing words it's really early folks today it's uh 5 a.m here and it's like nearly 10 a.m for karen yeah. so it's it's really <laughs> early um this is the third third try word doing for podcasting um family interference of course me to re re uh, reschedule multiple times um so i'm thankful that he's kieran's willing to do this at 10 a.m oh no worries man it's probably a little easier <laughs> for him than me but um <laughs> it's, it's it's what we do for podcasting people so you reached out to me i believe it was on the great mates uh group page correct Yep, that was it. Yeah, and you you said you wanted to do a podcast, and we were shooting ideas back and forth, and then you're like, let's do uh, Edgar Wright, and it's the Cornetto trilogy. The, I have to say, it's even though it's not a typical uh, trilogy, it is the best trilogy. Oh, yeah, because it's not typical. That's what makes it so great, because yeah. everyone can find something they love in it, mm-hmm. really, I think. There's, there's little bits from different genres that you can pick out and... No matter what you're into, you'll find a bit in there that you like. That's what I think. Um, out of this trilogy, we're going to just quickly ask the, the most pertinent question. Out of this trilogy, which one is your favorite? Oh. I'm a big fan of The World's End, but Shaun of the Dead is the classic, I think, yeah. and I have to go with that. Okay, yeah. I've, see... I have to go with the way they were released. For me, it's Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead are really close because I, I, yeah. love, I love the the idea of Shaun of the Dead 
because it changes the zombie film on its head, like the genre on its head for zombie horror. Oh, with, yeah. With the silliness of it. And then the ending, of course, is just great. You know, like it shows a really good friendship. But Hot Fuzz, I love action movies. Oh, and, I know. Yeah. And Edgar Wright, like, really just turned the genre of action police buddy cop movies on its head with this movie on on Hot Fuzz. So, like, they're right together. But I feel, for me personally, The World's End is kind of the weakest one out of the trilogy. I can understand that. I, I know a lot of people say that. Uh, I think it's just some sort... Well, I was a bit young when the first two were released. And yeah. as I grew a bit older, I got into them more. But then The World's End was the one that was released whilst I was enjoying them. If you understand. Yeah. So it kind of went along like that. So I think that's why it has like a bit of a soft spot for me. Which, yeah, it's it's understandable because it, it's it is depending on when you how old you were when it was released is your connection to the movie and since like Shaun of the Dead came out when I had just finished high school I was a little yeah. older again I'm the oldest man podcasting apparently <laughs> according to my guests um, for me I got that connection because it did come out just after I graduated high school I was really excited about it because it's this new new type of movie and you you don't get that at that time there wasn't a lot of movies like it like i think it was just around the same time that uh, dawn of the dead remake came out and yeah that was just really oh, so much fun and then you get this silly take on it in essence with Shaun of the dead yeah it's 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 unlike something i've ever seen before i mean i know you get like horror comedies with stuff like scary movie but they've not got anything on this no this actually like as much as it, it it's more of an homage i would say yeah to, to zombie movies and i like each one of them has uh, edgar wright's com- comedic touch to it like yes you have like the zombie horror quote-unquote movie with Shaun of the dead hot fuzz is the buddy cop movie action movie but you still got that his comedic timing with it like going after the geese that, oh, that yeah. scene is amazing in Hot Fuzz. I think it's the like it's the silliest type thing. And like I don't know if you know, but geese are are fucking assholes. Oh no, I know they're terrifying. <laughs> they're freaking assholes. And the simple fact that that whole scene I just really, really enjoy. And then in the world's end you got this like like a kind of a remake to Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. And it's a science fiction, which is, again, each one of these are different genres that he, he's never done before, but he makes them yeah. so, like, he, he, he's, it's so easy for him to do them. Like, yeah, they all have those comedy elements, and he, obviously, with most of the films he either writes or directs, there's his specific comedic touch. To yeah, it. I think you can 100% see it. 100%. <laughs> and you even see it in, um, even though this is not part of his uh, his trilogy but in uh the ant-man movie that he was supposed to direct yeah you can see bits of pe- bits and pieces like the fight in the suitcase i think it's definitely a big oh. hint of him that they left in yeah it's 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 so much his style of comedic using the like where where can we make these interesting fights happen yeah and i would love to see him get like full access to a superhero film yeah, because he, he was working on that from 2006, I heard. 
Like he was working on that really early. Yeah, since with Joe Cornish since two thousand six. Yeah. And like he he released that mini video similar to what they did with Deadpool, um, of oh, yeah. of just Ant Man attacking pretty much the scene where uh, before Ant Man gets to the uh the, the, the yellow jackets uh suit like that's hallway oh, scene where he yeah. beats up the guy like that's literally just a run on the gun and <laughs> yeah that's literally taken from the his short and put into the movie which is like it's an awesome fight scene yeah 100 percent. it's it's it because it's such an interesting technology to bring into a fight scene like that Mm-hmm. And the, the, the different dynamics of size, and I think he played really well off that. It's just unfortunate that he he left. To be honest, yeah, they had that. Unfortunately, like if 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 anything, if DC picks him up, they're they're gonna have a great chance of whatever movie he wants to. Like they just let him oh. go, just like here. Do you do you? And I guarantee you, they're gonna have a a huge thing on their hands, a huge hit. Oh, 100% they would, yeah. All right, so let's get back to the Cornetto trilogy and not just about how awesome Edgar Wright is because I think it's <laughs> three hours just talking about his style. Um, so let's let's start with uh, a quick overview of Shaun of the Dead. You, you give yeah. us the elevator pitch of Shaun of the Dead for people who haven't heard of Shaun of the Dead. Okay, so... Think of a world where zombies come in, but it's not your typical big bulky hero beating them all up. It's a normal man having to deal with a situation, deal with the relationships with his friends and family and girlfriend, and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. That's pretty much the basic story. Um, I do One of the major tropes in this movie that I really love is when they're trying to make the plan when, yeah, when they finally realize like it's the end of the world that's happening, and they always have to like change the plan uh, every few seconds because someone says <laughs> something, and they just relive the, they just redo the plan all over again, and then finally it's like leave the house, go to the pub, survive. Uh, it, it's so great, and the thing is with Edgar Wright movies as well is he puts little hints of the entire plot near the beginning, so. When Nick Frost and Simon Peck's character are sat in the pub after Liz has broken up with him and they go through like what they're going to do the next day and it's like, have a bloody Mary first thing and then the zombie called Mary turns up in the garden yeah. and little tiny hints along like that. And it's really interesting to see. And it, it, you could, It's one of those films where you can watch back and each time you watch back you pick up something new. Yeah, I love I love movies like this is the movie that I really fell in love with Edgar Wright, um, but it it does have so many elements th- to foreshadow when you rewatch, which yeah. doesn't hurt the film because it just makes it more enjoyable to rewatch the movie and see if you can catch what's going to happen next. Oh uh, no, exactly. He, yeah, he does such uh, he the little things and the big things he does amazing. Like the whole movie. Is there's so many elements of fun and there's like so many chances for a sequel to happen out of this movie. Yeah, because they did plan one and they were going to call it from dusk till Sean and have him face a different monster, but they decided to go just with the straight onto hot fuzz. 
Yeah, they yeah, like they wanted to make uh kind of like Abbott and Costello uh series yeah. of movies with Nick Frost and uh Simon Pegg where they meet the werewolf, they meet the vampire, they meet the thing of the b- creature from the Black Lagoon and it's just pretty much it's that's the universe Sean lives in. Yeah. Which, it would have been interesting to see. But I'm also really glad we got the trilogy we did. Yeah. I, I don't think it hurts either way. Like with the tr- trilogy, I whether Shaun of the Dead or Shaun of the Night of the Living Dead or like uh, Dust Till Shaun style where they meet different creatures, that would have been great because I really did enjoy the Shaun character that Simon yeah, plays. Yeah, but I, I think the the the, the th- different styles of movies actually work better. Yeah, it does definitely work in the favor because you're not stuck with the same characters. If you're running out of ideas and have to push something, you can do something completely brand new. Yeah, you like it's apparently, from what I understand, it, it it's all in the same universe. Yeah, I think I've heard that before. Yeah, but it's. It's it's just different. Like apparently, uh, the character Simon Pig, Simon Pig plays is like the same person. I think that's what connects it all. Yeah, I could see that. There are bits and pieces that go towards it. <laughs> it no, I'm just looking at like most of the actors and actresses have been in all of them. Oh yeah, you definitely see them pop up in every single one. Yeah. I was noticing because I've been rewatching them through the week. I'm like, oh, he was in the last one. What's going on? And I love how he's gotten like the great Bill Nye, uh, Nye, not Bill Nye, uh, Bill Knightley. Oh, I can't even pronounce his name. <laughs> I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Is it Nye? Nye. Oh. We're going to go with Nye. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> Bill, he's in each one. Yeah. Like, th- he's a huge star. And the, the fact that they could get him to be in each one of these movies is a is amazing you also have martin freeman but martin freeman i guess wasn't that maybe huge in britain at the time but not worldwide yeah it was really old that the rings already pushed him yeah which i think didn't lord of the rings happen like right after or before i think so i'm not a big lord of the rings fan so i don't want to i don't want to say anything that'll get me in trouble (laughs) There's Lord of the Rings. Okay, An Unexpected Journey was in 2012. So, Shaun of the Dead was in 2004. Then The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. That's odd. It's not telling me when Lord of the Rings was. <laughs> and I'm on his page. His Wikipedia. It's very odd. The Hobbit. Okay, yeah, tell me where The Hobbit is, but I, that's not what I want. Give me a second. Go to another one. This is very embarrassing. I swear, I'm more professional than this. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. There's no more professionalism in this. There we go, Martin Freeman. Nice. Um, Last King. Nope. That's not what I'm looking for. The Lowdown. I think it was like in early 2000, wasn't it? Believe so. Wait, no, he wasn't in Lord of the Rings. Oh. No, he was in The Hobbit. He, well, he was in the spin-off. That's why it makes more sense. Now, he was in The <laughs> Hobbit. Jeez. Thinking, wow, we just alienated a lot of fans. 
I'm not oh, even going to edit that out. <laughs> just going to leave that in, and people are going to be like, what is wrong with them? It's it's 5 a.m. slash 10 a.m. here, folks. Shush. Oh. Don't blame us. We're both exhausted, and we're still podcasting. That's how dedicated to the craft we are. Dedicated, 100%. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, like, Shaun of the Dead and The Hitchhiker's Guide probably got Martin Freeman more, and then you had the... Uh, the whatchamacallit, the, the um, Sherlock. Wow. Sherlock, yeah. That pushed him but, over. But like, oh, yeah. It's just amazing that he was able to get these like big guys like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost obviously went on to be even bigger guys. Yeah. Um, but like it's just watching these movies, you see these characters and you're like, wait, I know. Holy shit. Like these are quote unquote <laughs> huge people now, but it's they're not. It wasn't back then. Yeah, it is interesting to see him doing roles like that. Yeah, I just, I love, the, I love these movies. These movies are so much fun. Oh, they're so great! Like, if anyone asks me for a film to watch, it, one of these three is usually straight out of my mouth. Oh yeah, like, no. you have to watch this. <laughs> like it, it's it's mandatory viewing for anybody who's who needs an education on cinema. Just simply. Yeah. Just because it each one kind of changes, like I've already said this, the genre of like zombie movie, he's changed it because he made it like this is actually how people would probably react in a zombie situation. Oh, yeah, yeah, There's definitely. No, no, no one's becoming like the I'm getting a shotgun and I'm taking on the world here, folks. <laughs> no, it's like, okay, where can I go that's safe and how can I get there and be safe and not get eaten by zombies? Oh, because. You know, I think that thought has come across everybody's mind. Like, what if this happened? Like, what would I actually do? And it's given us, like, a realistic scenario, which was a nice pace, uh, change of pace, to be yeah. Like, it, it, it's, it's the truest sense of the word. Like, yeah, okay, I would go get my, my girlfriend, my family, then I'd find a secure location, and I'll stay there. Yeah. And obviously the most secure location in an English village or in England is a pub. Yeah, the big sturdy doors, the big building. It makes sense. Whereas in in Canada, it would be your. I don't even know where we'd be. <laughs> I don't know where. I, I I'm I'm off the ground floor, so I think my just staying in my apartment would be the smartest thing. Well, living in Wales is majoritively fields, so I'd be running in a lot of fields. <laughs> just dancing and skipping through the fields as you have a, <laughs> a crowd of zombies just coming after you, and you're like. This is lovely. This is lovely. Um, <laughs> sorry, no, no reason for that. But yeah, um, yeah. No, the Shaun of the Dead is a fun. Like I just love how how it's it, the way it starts. Just like with this, like it looks like he's already a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> it just and and it, he he's like it's making a point about how like it's this is somewhat reaching, but like people just live already like zombies yeah there's a lot of that like when he's on the bus you see a lot of people just like zoned out and they look like they could be a zombie at any minute yeah and so like that's why it takes him a while to realize that there is zombies yeah when it does that parallel shot of when he goes to the shop the first time and then he goes back again he just doesn't notice completely at all no and and like there's like there's like huge signs that there is zombies the second time he goes back, but 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> because he's so used to it, and he's like, oh, it's just, just normal. This is how it is. And he's like, he's a little confused, too. He's like, where are you? Why aren't you taking my money? It's like, yeah. it's, it's on the counter. Like, I don't got time for this. And it's like, <laughs> look around, dude. Like, wake out of your uh, little bubble here. Something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that movie just has so many great parts. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the bit in the the one bit that always comes straight to my head is in the bar with the ball cue of the pool cues and queens playing. <laughs> yes. Cause he, he, he does such a great use of music as well. That's oh, yeah. thing. That's so well. is amazing with music. And if we can just speak just about baby driver and the, oh. the music in that. Oh. It's, it's so well used and like, I really like the music in the world's end as well. Mm-hmm. There's not as much of a music use in Hot Fuzz, but I, that doesn't say anything bad about the film at all. I think he was just trying different ways of working with the film, and yeah. maybe that one just didn't need it as much. No, I that one probably the music isn't that much. I'm just pulling up uh, the musical score on this one. Yeah, uh, that one actually he did the soundtrack. Okay. You got Don't Stop Me by Queen, Zombie Nation. He has a, it's not really huge. Like it works. Like I think this is probably his, his first attempt in like working music into a great movie. Yeah. Because he does it great with uh, A World's End and let's see Hot Fuzz. Let's see what Hot Fuzz. Because A World End has a great soundtrack. Oh yeah, 100%. And um, bits in Spot, um, Scott Pilgrim as well. Oh, yes. The music really yeah. jumps in that with like the Battle of the Bands and stuff. It really mm. works there. Yeah, it looks like he got, well, he has uh, the British composer David Arnold, or Arnold, who scored the James Bond films from 97 to 2008. Oh. So, but yeah, it doesn't look like there's any huge. He's, he's like, it's a mix of. 60s and 70s British rock. Yeah. Which gives it like a good fast pace. Yeah, it definitely works to its favor in that sense, yeah. yeah. I, I I feel like each movie uh, Edgar Wright does, his his musical score gets better. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's definitely improving as it goes along. Like um, in Spaced, the, uh, the sitcom he did before it, there's there's one scene that I just find really funny and it's a rave scene, and they, that you like incorporates all the characters in and then it starts playing the eighteen theme over like rave music and I think that I saw that and I was like that's hints towards him using music so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just he's just really really good using it. He gets better and better. With yeah, he's definitely evolving. Like I think his so far his best use of music was with Baby Driver. Yeah, because the whole movie is pretty much just an homage to these songs. Oh yeah, yeah. and I think The World's End is probably his second best. Yeah, it definitely does testament to him growing over time. All right, let's move on to Hot Fuzz, which yeah, that's such a fun movie. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's, it's like a. Uh, wait, before we even start talking about it, give us the 30-second uh, elevator pitch of Hot Fuzz. Okay, so you've got one of London's best police officers. He's doing really well, but then he has to transfer to a small town that has a next-to-nothing crime rate. But then 
you know, not as not everything's as it seems in this small, nice little town full of old people. Something's up. <laughs> yeah, um, this this movie. Just looking at the poster, uh, or the different types of posters that this movie has, is just so badass. Oh yeah, it 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 takes the idea of a action movie and just changes it and makes so much fun of it but at the oh, same time yeah. just cradling it and saying like this is this is okay we can have fun with this yeah because you you see a lot of you don't see a lot of british police films that make them look really badass and really cool and i know that Ever since the film came out, he's a, um, Edgar Wright's had police officers in the UK come up to him and say, "Like, you've made a good name for us," you know. <laughs> yeah, because most most people know that the UK, well, the idea of a UK police officer, they don't have weapons. Some of them now do, but you have these videos like they're they're more pacifist, quote unquote, unless like yeah. the American police officers who are more gun ho. Yeah. But this, you only really get weapon carrying ones in like very central London. Yeah, and apart from that, you don't at all. <laughs> yeah, and like this, this one, I, it's so much fun. There's just so much fun in this movie. Just like the action scenes that they go on, the com- like the comedic moments, like with uh, Sean Pegg's character being like this overbearing, like have to follow the rules, everything's, and then. You have him paired with uh, Nick Frost, who's like, I'm only a cop because my dad's a cop. Yeah. And it's uh, just just the, the fun, like, interactions and how, like, it's, it's like literally lethal weapon, in essence. Yeah, it definitely takes a lot from all that. You know, Nick Frost's character in that loves all these films like Bad Boys and Point Break. And you can see little hints seeped within yeah and it also takes um takes uh some cues from those iconic 80s action films where the bad guy is uh, the good guy is like standing pretty much in the open firing at on cylinders and hitting all the bad guys where the bad guys can't even hit when they're <laughs> two feet away from the the guy uh, but you don't notice it as like bad action you just notice it as that just looks so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the action that we're used to. Like it, he's this is a very strong homage to the like early eighties and nineties action movies, where yeah. the action is so over the top, it's ridiculous. But at the same time, he makes he brings it into real life. Like the moment I think there's a scene where it, either Nick Frost or Simon Pegg is like jumping out of cover, and is just sideways and just firing. Oh yeah, yeah. It's all slow motion. It's all cool, and then it just goes right into real, well, like goes back to real time, and he just drops and he hurts himself. Oh yeah, because he does the sideways shooting because, and then you earlier on you hear Nick Frostig to Simon Pegg's character. He says, "Have you ever gone and jumped in the air shooting guns sideways?" And he's like, "No, I haven't." And all the it's another use of his foreshadowing, which just comes out so well. Yeah. So much fun in this movie. Yeah, it might be the one that makes me laugh the most. Yeah, just so much great comedic moments in it. And like 
the simple fact that he's taking it, it takes place in this small nowhere town. Yeah. That just makes so much so much fun. And he, t- he he takes scenes from so many different actual movies. Yeah, it the one that pops most vividly into my mind is the point break, you know, shoot your gun up in the air. Yeah. When his dad's running away and then the goose returns and it's it's back in the car. <laughs> oh, this movie just it, it's it's Edgar Wright. I, I I can't get enough of him. Like any movie that Edgar writes in or directs or has his hand in is going to be great. Oh, like without a doubt. Like I get just like wanting to release something every single year. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that'll be I'm the dream. I don't think I'll get any tired from his. Like I want him to do that, but at the same time, I don't because I'm like I don't want him to burn out because he's an he he yeah. is for you guys a national treasure. Oh, 100%. I'm very proud to have him. <laughs> I'm very jealous that you have this amazing director. And, like, there's so much in Hot Fuzz. Like, there's the... He has the point break, the Bad Boys 2 scene, like like we just talked about jumping and being, uh, being slow motion. Yeah. Then there's... Apparently, there's a reference to the Wicker Man. Oh, I think there is. Yeah, the film also includes various references to the Wicker Man, in which Edward Woodward's had played a policeman tough on law and order. Who's Edward Woodward? I could not tell you for the life of me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm googling him now. Uh, stage work filmography. Oh, he was he played a Sergeant Howie in the original. Right. That doesn't help us at all. And I'm looking. No. Nope. <laughs> looking at movies that he's been in and this is more like stuff for over in Britain. Uh, let's see if I can there we go. Oh, I think he played, I think he played Nick Frost's dad. Oh, looks like, well, he, that's a good then. <laughs> yeah, I think he plays Nick Frost's dad. Give me a second. I'm going to see if I can get a picture of him in hot fuzz. Yeah. It looks like he plays, uh, the dad. Oh, that's good then. <laughs> Either the dad or a townsman. That's <laughs> that. Yeah, because he has a uh in one of the pictures, he has a um, a bunderblast or bunderblast the the big gun with the wide thing at the end, old school gun. Oh yeah, yeah. Looks very adapted at holding it. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this this. The, the, I want to talk about everything, but at the same time, I can't talk about anything. I know what you mean. Like there are so many amazing scenes. Like just one that makes me laugh so much is when they go and con- confiscate all the guns, and there's like three different people translating before it can even understand anything because <laughs> yeah. of the thick country accent. Uh, and the 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 constant going to the big bushy beard. <laughs> yeah. And you see it later on because the skeleton's got like a massive, big, bushy beard. Yeah. And in just like in the uh, in Shaun of the Dead, this one has the uh, jumping over the uh, the fences. Oh yeah, yeah. In Shaun of the Dead, he jumps over and falls flat on his face. This one, he jumps and he does like really crazy, like easy, 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 then backflip. And Nick Frost just goes straight through the fence. Oh yes. <laughs> so funny 
just the, the just the characters work so well in this one as well. Like you could have a character like that trolley boy who just says "yarp" and he's just great because he only says one word. <laughs> yeah. It just this movie is so. I don't know what else to say. Like people need to see this movie. This I I think these movies don't get enough love. Oh no, they don't. Like it, it does. It shocks me because. I know a lot of people, like my friends, would say, "Like, oh yeah, I've seen the odd one," but they haven't wouldn't have seen the full trilogy, and they wouldn't know the little ins and outs. And it requires a lot of attention, almost, but it's worth the attention. But there's there's enough overt stuff, like in the first one, and if you watch the first one and the second one, you'll notice certain things. Yeah, and then when you go. And you watch the third one, you you say, "Oh wow, that's that's really similar," and so there's enough stuff that are overtly like you don't need to look deep into the movie, yeah, to figure it out. But like once you start, you you fall in love with these movies. I don't know, understand how no one can fall in love with these movies. Like there's enough for each person in this movie, in either yeah. one. There's something you'll love in each one. Yeah, exactly. It it just works so well. Uh, to be able to tackle three different genres in one trilogy. Yeah. And have it work so well together. Yeah. And I think this one I find is probably the most gruesome out of the three of them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Even though the first one has zombies in it. Yeah, the... but you don't see the zombies really eating people. No, you don't. They just get dragged off into a crowd or there's the odd there's the odd shot where it's like the bit where they're walking past all the fences and you can look in, and there's like a couple of zombies eating some people. There's yeah. a, bit, a bit there, but this one has like the tower spike from the church falling on. Oh, the, um, God, that is the best on scene. The head. <laughs> that that is a hilarious. Like it's a sad scene, but it's a hilarious scene at the same time. Oh no, I know because the first time you watch it, you just do not expect that to happen. <laughs> no, it's like completely out of nowhere. That you're like, okay, they're talking, they're going to get the scoop, and then all of a sudden, like, thump, and they're like, oh, well, yeah, you know, we need to fix the church, it, it has some problems. <laughs> you're like, are you you're fucking kidding me? That's not a little problem. That should have been addressed a while ago. Uh, it's just the, the kind of small country attitude of let it go, it's just an accident, and it works so well with the whole, with the elders of the town conspiring and 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 towards the end where you just find that it's not as complicated as you want it to be it's not because of this links to this it's because oh they were bad actors (laughs) and his house was horrible yeah and it's like we just want to be number one Uh. this i'm probably gonna end up watching the trilogy again after we finish this we're not even on the third film and i'm already like <laughs> i want to stop this rewatch it and come back to you but no i've already postponed enough we're moving on <laughs> to the world's end the third in the trilogy the one that's the most recent in 2013 what's the 32nd pitch a group of friends from school they went on a pub crawl but they didn't quite manage to finish it so they come back years later they're all adults and they come back to the town they try to finish the pub uh, pub crawl again but yet again something's happened in their town and it's all messed up <laughs> very true um 
pretty much exactly what it is. You have Simon Pig again playing the main character, Nick Frost, yeah. his best mate. I heard Simon Pegg say this was actually his favorite character to play out of the trilogy. Hmm. And I can see it has a bit more of an edge to it because he's trying to act so normal, but he's an alcoholic deep down, and all he wants to do is go back to that night. And it's a bit more ranged than the other two, you might say. Yeah, this one is probably Nick's... Uh, sorry, not Nick's. Uh, Simon Pegg's most diverse character in the the trilogy, because the other yeah. two are very very simple characters. Like in in Shaun of the Dead, Sean is just this guy who's uh in this no go nowhere job. He doesn't enjoy himself. He's a slacker. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. There's not much range in that. Where and then in Hot Fuzz, playing um, give me a second here. Detective Nick Angel, which yeah, great name. Ah, uh, it is a great name. Um, <laughs> it went so well. He's just this like by the book cop who just needs to be excellent at everything, and there's no there, again not much range in there. There is near the end he starts growing as a character, but he still fits into the simple box. Whereas yeah. him playing Gary King, he he has there's so much rep because there's the fact that he was in a uh, some sort of institution or hospital yeah we're not 100 percent what it is no one's really yeah you get them sitting in the circle at the beginning and that's a little hint and then you see his room for a second and you see the thing around his wrist yeah that's the big that's the big hint yeah and then even during the movie near the end of the movie he kind of admits to it yeah and so and he he's trying to recapture his youth like he doesn't want to grow up so you have that. Yeah, it's, it's it's just a big interesting combination of stuff. Yeah, I think this one is Gary King. He has the biggest character arch out of all of the out of the three movies. Yeah, definitely. And like the other guys, kind of don't have that much of an arc at all. Like it's kind of like it's all this movie is pretty much just all on Simon Pegg. Yeah, definitely, I'd say so. And I do love how they're kind of like. All the guys are, they're kind of just like, um, they're just, what's the word I'm looking for? Jesus. Um, patronizing him? I guess yeah. Be it. Kind of like, yeah, it's just Gary. We need to take care of him. Okay, yeah, we'll do this. One pint. And then, they, like, slowly they get into it, and then, like, they realize something's up. And then they're just off. I think the one of my favorite scenes is when Nick Frost just goes, like, Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, he's in the bar and he's got both the bar stools and he picks them up and he's fighting with them. <laughs> oh yeah, he just goes ham and he's just like full crazy against the androids. It's just like with those androids, it, it makes for great action scenes in that one as well. Oh yeah, because they but... go. They th- this one probably has the most insane action. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and with the blue, the blue bl- blood. Yeah, it takes the edge off a bit, makes it a bit less violent. Yeah. That's why there's probably more like actually beating people up in this one compared to like Hoffers or Shaun of the Dead. But because it's blue blood and they're robots, androids, or whatever, it it takes the edge off a lot. Yeah, it does. It 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 allows you to do the more zany type kills, quote unquote. Yeah, 
but it just makes it a lot more fun. Like, it just it doesn't hurt you, you know? Like, because it's not real blood or it's not real uh, people, you can do the more zanier kills. Yeah, and you can just have an endless supply of them as well. And it, it's, it's such an interesting one because normally he uses foreshadowing, but you don't see any foreshadowing of the androids appearing. It's just after that one sequence in the bathroom, it's just like, you know, something's a bit off, Yeah. but then like the head comes off and you're just like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I do enjoy like, they're like, okay, like the first fight, which is in the, uh, the second pub, there's that fight in the bathroom. Yeah. And then they're like, so what do we do? Do we continue or do we leave? And Gary's like, he's just like full forward. He's like, we're doing this. Yeah, because he, he makes it into what sounds like an actual reasonable plan. But you know deep down that he just wants to finish the pub crawl no matter what. Yeah, because he thinks it's going to make him the best person in the whole world. Yeah, and it'll take him back to his youth and everything will be okay again. Where, where he was like the, the, the king, in essence. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm just I'm just reading something right now on it, and it's like the final pub. Oh yeah, <clears throat> and all the pub names hint to what will happen as yeah, well. Yes, in that sequence. Give me a second. Do we have? Do they give me a list of the pubs? All right, hold on. Google's gonna be my best friend here. <laughs> uh, let's see here. What do the pubs? Uh, ah, here we go. The twelve pubs of the Golden Mile. The first post. Yeah, obviously the first one they go to. That makes sense. Yeah, the old familiar, where old like because they meet the sister there, so everything's getting a little yeah. familiar. The famous cock. What happens at the famous cock? Oh, I can't remember. I literally watched it the other day. <laughs> I don't think anything big happens there. Then you have the cross hands. Guess where they start believing in each other but what's funny about the yeah. cross hand there is blue on the on the poster kind of like the blood oh <laughs> the good companions the trusty servant the two-headed dog the mermaid i know the mermaid is the one because they go in and they get lured by the copies of the schoolgirls. that's right yeah so similar to what sirens mermaids yeah um the beehive. Is that the one where they they go in and just all of the androids turn up? I think so. I think they have the big fight. Um, I think there's a big fight in the beehive. You have the king's head, which, looking at the poster, it's Simon Pegg with a beard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, what's funny is this one has a bit of fire on it. So this is where it starts, like, it's the end of days kind of starting right now, because after, after the big fight at the Beehive, they're being chased. And I love how yeah. he's like, we need to finish this at no, no matter what. Even though it's like, there's aliens attacking. Like, I'm out of here, man. Like, <laughs> I'm gone. Then the hole in the wall. That's where he drives the car through the wall, I think. Yeah. And, like, yeah. there's more fire on it. <laughs> just gets more intense every oh time. yeah like i'm looking at these posters and like it literally gets more and more intense the fire and then the world's end <laughs> is the end of the world because they yeah. reset 
they pretty much reset it because there's the big, uh, big like EMP pulse that sets the world back to the uh, yeah. da- the dark ages in essence. And like one of the things throughout this film, I, I, I was watching through and I was like, it got to like really close to the end. I was like, wait a minute, where's the cornetto? Every other film has the cornetto, yes. and then you see it at the end, and the rapper hits up against the fence, and you're like, there it is. Yeah, that's right. Because in uh, in uh, Shaun of the Dead, he goes picks up the cornetto to cure his hangover. Yeah, that's why he named it the Cornetto Trilogy, is because that is Edgar Wright's hangover cure. I read. Yeah, I was reading that as well. Yeah, hold on. The film's second. Oh, no, this is the Hot Fuzz. Where is here we go? The the trilogy Cornetto reference begins with the scene in which Sean buys a cone for his friend Ed. At the request, as Ed wakes up groggy and bad, badly hungover after a night of drinking. Yeah. The hot fuzz. Pagan Frost investigates a series of myth, mystery deaths in small English town. Uh, the two officers purchase Cornetto cones at a convenience store at various times. And a scrapper oh, yeah. falls onto the counter when Peg character later makes a purchase at a motorway service station. And then in the third and final installment of The World's End, the film follows a group of friends led by Peg reattempting an epic pub crawl during an alien occupation of their hometown. The final scene in the film, a Cornetto rapper blows past a past in a breeze, briefly catching on a wire fence. It's it's just there are so many little bits. The fence thing pops up again mm-hmm. and it's just like it's so great to see things carry over and people carry over and all sorts yes i this movie is so good i i'm like i didn't really enjoy it the first time i watched it yeah i can understand that Uh, i felt a little bit like that but then i watched it back again like the next week and i was like no i love this film (laughs) yeah the second the second viewing for me made it even better yeah it was the first viewing i was like oh, i'm a little disappointed i guess because i also had built up the the first two were so great i was expecting too much i'm guessing like my yeah. hype level was too high but when you rewatch it you see how good it actually is and you catch all the references from the other ones yeah it's just like it it wouldn't matter what the film was about if it's part of that trilogy and Edgar Wright's handling it it's gonna be great it could be about hamsters and it would be great you know you could he tackle any would subject. make a kick-ass hamster film I'm not gonna <laughs> lie he has the bil- the ability to do it like he he took a con he did his comic book movie with uh with um what's it call it uh that person there um Scott Pilgrim yeah but I really want to see him like handle a really big, uh, big movie, like a big budget movie. Yeah, I think he'd do really well. Uh, if you if they were gonna move move to DC, I don't think they could give him like a Batman no. or a Superman. They'd have to give him someone with a bit more edge. I'd like I'd like to see him take on the Flash. I think he could do something with that. Yeah, I think he could handle the Flash, even a cyborg, someone with a yeah. bit of comedic touch. Yeah, that's that's what you definitely need. You definitely need just a hint of comedy, and then let him go go with it. Let yeah. him run with it. <laughs> he could handle it easily. Yeah, he. It's just such a disappointment. The Marvel one fell through because 
you know, working on that for so long. And then I was worried about it when I heard he left and I was like, oh no, is this going to be as good? And it, it held up relatively well with the extra direction, but it was just missing the Edgar Wrightiness in parts. Yeah. You could, you could feel a lot of his hand because he had obviously wrote the screenplay. He pretty yeah. much did a lot of the, um, the, the storyboarding for this movie. And he probably had already pretty much every shot done. And you have Peyton Reed going in. Like Peyton Reed did an amazing job, but this was a, yeah. an Edgar Wright film. And I do feel sorry for him because it is tough to pick up from someone who is so loved like Edgar Wright yeah. to try and pick up where he left off. It must have been a tough job. Mm-hmm. Like I don't envy Peyton Reed at all in trying oh. to have to take on the the movie that was like, like pretty much it was yelled about being uh, belonging to Edgar Wright because of all the work he did to bring it yeah. to the uh, to the forefront of Marvel. He did a great job. He he did do a good job, yeah, and and you can see. I think he he definitely worked more on his style in the sequel. Yeah, the sequel is hugely his. Yeah. Which I don't really, like, it's not bad at all. It's not bad, but it's not, like, top tier. No. Uh, It's it's just a fun little movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a fun movie. I just, I don't know, I, I don't feel that it, it fit the character so much, given the uh, the first one. Yeah, uh, they had time to work with Ant Man a little bit in Civil War as well, tweak him a little bit there, more towards the direction Peyton Reed wanted to take, I guess. Yeah, I really want him to do an, a, a Marvel movie or even a, a comic book movie, like a big, big time comic book hero. Oh, it, it would be so great to see. I love it. <laughs> it, I- it could be anybody it could be the most obscure character ever that'd be first one in the cinema i think that i think that would be the best for him do instead of taking on a mantle of a huge superhero who is so well known taking on a one of those fringe type characters because then he would have a bit more freedom yeah it, it could work quite well in that sense traffic of an obscure one now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> um, like, that's, I think, what they need, like, what he needs is just, like, a superhero. He could work, probably, like, if it's not a DC, maybe the Vertigo comics or yeah. one of those fringe, quote-unquote, fringe comic books that are trying to start their own universe. And, like, since there's no emotional attachment on film already just allowing him to have that free reign could yeah that could, that could work quite well yeah and i would love to have simon Pegg and nick frost just in the background oh that would be great <laughs> yeah, just like they're they're just sitting and it's crazy or even yet another trilogy he could do is make a superhero film but it's like it's taking the point of view from nick frost and simon Pegg's. they're just regular joes and they're superheroes in the world Ah, oh, that would be amazing. Because there are, there have been rumors of doing more to the Cornetto trilogy. 
there's been little hints people have said like they've said yeah we're right thinking of making another one and adding more and i think it, it it's not even like i get tired of it because i know i'd love it <laughs> yeah like if he does more of them like a second cornetto trilogy it'd be great because it's it's oh, i just i want to see more of his work yeah more genres tackled if he was make a new trilogy yeah like i want more more like he's tackled uh horror if you will with the zombie he's tackled action he's tackled uh science fiction give him he needs comic book pardon me he's done heist with baby driver baby driver was amazing Uh, it it was great it it was different seeing him work with a more non-british cast i suppose he had in scott pilgrim but then yeah i I, for me i don't really count like yes scott scott pilgrim is one of his movies but i don't feel like it's his movie i know what you mean it's it's something about it i can't quite put my finger on it but i think i think because it's not an original idea that he created yeah i can see that it's like it's i don't feel it's him like yes he he directed and wrote most of it which is fine for me i just don't feel him it it doesn't have his touch to it because with Shaun of the Dead, he wrote, directed, and he acted in it. In Hot oh, yeah, he does play a zombie <laughs> in the background. Yeah, in Hot Fuzz, he wrote, directed, and starred in it. As a, Apparently, he was a voice in Hot Fuzz. Oh, he was a know. shelf stacker slash Dave. <laughs> um, in The World's End, he, he was the voice of a construction worker, but he wrote, directed, and acted in it. And those feel like they're his, but Sean of uh, Scott Pilgrim, I guess it's just that it's not original characters. Yeah, I think that might be what what kind of sets it off a bit. Yeah, if it, it, I I think if he has the chance to, like, have his own like create his own characters or at least have free reign with the characters, it'd be better. Yeah, it would definitely like. It's still a really good film, but it, it's not got the the magic of the others. Yeah, it's. I don't know what to say. I I I know it's his, and I can see his his touch to it. Yeah, with visual stuff. And... Yeah, the visual visualizing and the cuts are very his type of cuts. I find. Yeah. But I I don't know. There's just something that's. It, do, it doesn't feel like it belongs like like looking at it like I'm visualizing it now there's a lot of his style kind of like there's a bit of cartoonishness to it obviously given the the style of the movie it's cartoon but it's his type of cartoon that shows up in Shaun of yeah. the Dead and Hot Fuzz and The World's End not so much in Baby Driver because that's more of a real movie quote unquote like it takes place more in the real life yeah I can definitely see that it, it leans more realistic than yeah. the others do i don't know it, it, there I, I just want to see him and do more things more movies because i know he doesn't he's one of those under he's so underrated as a director oh definitely like he's just so 
great. Like, <laughs> and I love how he challenges himself. He's challenging himself with each movie he does that he yeah, directs he, or he writes. He's challenging himself because he's trying to do tr- tackle something that's never he's never done before. Yeah, he's always pushing himself that little bit further. Yeah, there's there's not much many directors who do that. They just find their niche and they just live in their niche. Whereas he's like, I don't want to have a niche. I want to everything to be mine. Yeah, he's amazing. That's all I have to say. I know there's there's no way to put it all into just words. <laughs> words, symbols. I don't know what it is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, it's just Edgar Wright. Go watch an Edgar Wright film. That's all you have to do, and you'll fall in love with him. Start with the Cornetto trilogy. Hop, a, take a few minutes to watch. Uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim, and if you don't fall in love with him while, while watching Baby Driver and just his love of music, then you you have no right in the world. You're not allowed to listen to this <laughs> podcast anymore. That's simply how I'm putting it. Um, Kieran, I'm going to give you the floor. I just buffed it up. It's real nice. It's nice and shiny, ready for you to stand and tell the world where we can find you on the social medias and on the interweb. All right, okay, good grip. Don't want to slip. Please don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't have any insurance, so you're on your own. So uh, the floor is yours, sir. Well, um, if you want to hear me more ramble about films and stuff, uh, my blog is on WordPress. It's Beard Talks Film. Uh, one word. You search that and you'll find me. I, I've done articles on Edgar Wright movies, but I do stuff about Marvel and DC and Doctor Who and everything in between really and uh it's the same beard talks films again on twitter you just type that in i'll pop up on there too excellent and so obviously you can find those all linked in the show notes down below i am of course your host with the most the most amazing man in podcasting the oldest man in podcasting as well uh you can find the show at Feel Better Show on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and on Facebook. You can email it us at feelbettershow at gmail.com. If you want to be on the show, if you have any ideas for episodes, please feel free to get in contact us. And I'm asking you, please, people, ladies and gentlemen, jump on to iTunes, rate us five stars, leave us a quick little review, letting us know how much you love the show, and it'll be so much appreciated. Kieran. I want to thank you so much for coming on and gushing about Edgar Wright with me and the Cornetto Trilogy. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really great. I can't wait for you to come back. Maybe next time Edgar Wright's, uh, an Edgar Wright film comes out or any other film you would like to talk about, you are more than welcome to come back and just chat away with me. That would be great. I'd love that. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening.